Hey, what's up, guys? It's Adam, your friendly neighborhood music man, and I am here to talk about Endgame. Yeah, you know that film that everyone's pretty much seen? I mean, <laughs> I mean if you look at the records, I mean, it's crazy. What was it? It was 1.2 billion recently when I saw it, and I was just like, <laughs> like what? It came out like three days ago. So, yeah, it's it's insane, uh, the the record-breaking numbers for, for the box office for this film. And it's it's already, like, 14th all-time. Maybe it's, it's... That was a couple days ago that, that that was the number. But 14th all-time, and it's already, like, it's only been, like, five days. Um, so this film is definitely going to go very far when it comes to the box office. It's going to... I'm predicting it's going to have that Titanic run where it was so big in the box office, and there was so much replay value and people going back and seeing it over and over a three-hour film they're going to keep it in theaters a little longer is my guess they might still release it uh on home video and home video oh vhs no they're still going to probably release it you know on like you know the disney streaming service and blu-ray and all that kind of stuff but at the same time they're going to probably still have it in theaters to make a little bit extra money because and, and to see how far they can get the record because i mean it's crazy. But anyways, I'm going to just kind of go through some of my... These are all spoiler thoughts. This is a spoiler review. I'm just going to... You can't really tiptoe around. You might as well just show some of the trailer if you're going to do a non-spoiler review. I, I'm, I'm kind of just... Whatever. It's just... You know, if you haven't seen it, go see it and come back and finish this. Uh, if not, enjoy the rest of this uh, review. This, I, I just kind of wrote down some of my thoughts. Uh, initial thoughts for the movie. I need to go back and see it at least one more time. Uh, after that, I'm going to actually do a, a longer review kind of with Brooks. We're going to talk about it, you know, theorize, talk about some of the stuff that we really loved. Um, I mean, there's a lot of it. And I'm going to talk about it right here and uh, kind of give you some of my initial thoughts. Now, the three hours went by incredibly quickly because even the slow scenes were incredibly impactful and emotional. Great humor, of course, once again. Uh, some of you know some of the funniest lines I've heard in the MCU were in this movie. But plenty of tear-jerking moments as well. That's the thing is like it was a perfect mix of that humor and and, and action. You know, it's it, there wasn't too much action. You know, it was it was just it was this epic amount at the end. But then the first couple acts was a little more you know, slower, emotional, uh, a little bit of a heist kind of thing, a movie in the middle, and then it kind of became this epic kind of Lord of the Rings style kind of huge, massive battle. Definitely the perfect culmination of 22 films, 11 years. It started with Iron Man, so closing up not only in this Infinity War and the Infinity Stone storyline, uh, but also concluding everything that's happened since 2008, and it's just, it's incredibly done. So many closures um, with a lot of characters, a lot of great character arcs that are concluded, uh, and there's just so much finality to it, to where literally you could have these 22 films, and that's it. That's It's a perfect 20, you know, obviously not every film is perfect, right? There's definitely five or six that are kind of just like, eh, they're okay, they're good, but like, in terms of the overall saga, the fact that this is done when it's done is revolutionary, and it's you can just have these twenty-two films as itself, and anything after this, you can pretty much experiment with. Go have have fun, you know. I I think it'd be kind of interesting to see what they could do, and you know, do some different stuff, and maybe not have the same MCU formula because it's been working for them. But at the same time, you know, after a while, that formula becomes a little predictable. So I think that would be a smart thing for them to think about doing. And, you know, with time travel movies like this, I feel like it's easy to nitpick and find plot holes, especially with, like, 
you know, different alternate timelines and, oh, wait, well, wouldn't that affect this? And wouldn't that, it's not like Back to the Future, you know, where they, it's like you go back to the past to affect the future, essentially. But in, in the case of, you know, Endgame and, and from what I've just read about time travel in general, that's, you create a separate reality on the side, you know, it's a separate reality that's, that you're in and it's not necessarily going to affect the said future <laughs> so it's kind of it's interesting you know and so that's that's something you can nitpick and you can find plot holes and all that kind of stuff but the thing is it's such a good well-made fun movie that it, it doesn't matter i mean back to the future has those kind of plot holes too you know the execution of it was so well done that it's easy to just ignore that kind of stuff and thinking about like old biff going back and forth along a timeline just kind of gives me a headache uh, so, you know, letting go of the scientific explanations for everything is kind of a healthy way to go into this movie. Just kind of go with it, go with the flow, because there's some stuff you're going to be like, wait, how did this, it's like Terminator or something, or, or X-Men, where it's like some of this time travel stuff gets a little convoluted. Hawkeye and Ant-Man get a much-needed boost in screen time after being absent from all of Infinity War. You know, but they both have huge arcs in this film. Uh, we get to really spend more time with our OG group of Avengers as well. We're essentially trying to fix things after Thanos. So with Hawkeye especially, you get that first scene of, of him with his family, and it's just so crazy. It's so emotional. And it's like, because, you know, you really don't get that moment where you, you get a little bit of that, obviously, at the end of Infinity War with a couple characters. But just kind of seeing uh, Hawkeye, who's kind of retired, basically, with his family, and seeing this happen, just like, whoa, that's that's a crazy way to, to kind of start things. It's a very dark way to start it. But it really gives him extra perspective to his emotions and how other people's emotions, you know, would be during a situation like this where half of your family disappears or something like that. Like, that's just crazy. You know, some people might tell you this movie's a little slower, especially in the first hour or so, but I personally love it. I was eating up every moment of it because it's, it's not boring stuff. It's stuff that we really want to find out about. It's kind of how these characters are reacting to certain things and you know, it's crazy because essentially it's like a, right at the beginning of the film, it's this uh, revenge against Thanos and let's go back and get the stones and let's reverse it. So they go back there, they, they find him, you know, he's there by himself and, you know, they're interrogating him. They find out he's, his face is kind of burned up a little bit and it's, it's crazy. And well, not, not a little bit, it's a lot, but you know, that the, the gauntlet was kind of, you know, in, on the snap basically is kind of killing him slowly. And, he, you know, he's, he destroyed the stones and it's done for. And then Thor's just like, Whoosh. all right, went for the head, <laughs> which was great. Like gold. So funny. So good. And, you know, it, it was a great way to have two Thanos deaths in the same movie. But you get one that's this kind of fulfilling for Thor kind of thing where he can kind of went for the head kind of thing, got his revenge. But then you also have Iron Man having his moment at the end. And we'll talk about that more later, obviously, but. The thing that was really cool was seeing the five years later and the five and then slowly revealing the the, the, the years, you know, like the, you're like, wait, is it months? Is it weeks? Is it days? Is it hours? And it's so cool to see just like five years. Oh, my gosh. And the crowd just was like, you know, and my theater is just going crazy. They're just like, what? That's crazy. You know, five years. And then immediately we're given the director cameo uh, Russo on screen as, as part of the you know, kind of the therapy classes of people who are kind of just like trying to cope with living in this world with only half of sentient life, you know, which is probably going to be hard, especially if you look at some of those images. It looks like the Dark Knight Rises at the end or something. 
Now, honestly, I loved Fat Thor and, you know, Hulk Banner. Like, I love that they both, because they're, they're just those realistic things for both of their characters. I mean, it makes sense that basically, you know, he was having trouble with Hulk before. So he's kind of like, it's a chance for, for Bruce to kind of, you know, become both. Like, to kind of have both, the best of both worlds in, the, in that sense. I mean, it's really funny seeing him in later in the film when he's, when they're like trying to get him to be angry. And he's just like pretending to throw cars around and you know, in the um, 2012 timeline and stuff, but just it's just so, so good. And I just felt like that was a really good character choice, you know, and he, they've, they've never gotten boring or weird or whatever when it comes to, to Hulk, you know, they've been, they've been very, very good in terms of like keeping his character changing, like ever changing, but also interesting. And then of course Thor is depressed and torn after losing his people, all his people, his family, um, thanks in part to him not going for the head, uh, which is, you know, amazing line and moment in Endgame when he actually does finally get to do that. Uh, so when the team finds Thanos and, you know, he gets that revenge, it's just really super rewarding for him. But of course that moment felt intentionally unsatisfying for the team as they still didn't solve the problem of getting the Infinity Stones and reversing anything. It was just like, okay, we came here to kill Thanos, but all the stuff he did still is still, you know, happened. And Thor is playing video games and, you know, drinking beer, like, and gained a lot of weight, you know, which, I mean, that's the thing is, like, I kind of liked it because it's, like, it shows you don't have to be a superhero. You know, if you're if you're a superhero, you don't have to necessarily be as chiseled as Chris Hemsworth, you know, in real life. And you can have a little bit of weight and you can <laughs> have some demons and have some, some problems that you're just dealing with, you know. And uh, so I kind of like that part. It's kind of funny and also kind of nice and kind of, you know, refreshing. The time travel element was not only a cool way to structure this film, but also gave us a chance to see some fallen heroes get a chance to have some closure, you know, with some of their previous timelines. Uh, Tony talking to his father, that was great, that was so awesome. You know, Thor talking to his mother. Of course, it was funny because during that part, Jane, you know, the, there must have been a lead scene with Rocket and Jane because it, it seems like they cut that a little early to where you didn't see him extract it from her. Like, it, he must have done something to knock her out. Or So it's kind of funny how they kind of glossed over that part, you know. Another great part was Captain America seeing Peggy Carter for the first time again in real life. You know, that must have, that has to have been what kind of, you know, made that final decision for him that he made near the end of the film, which again, we'll go back to something like that later, uh, which is just such a cool, cool ending for him. And, and you know, so th that was really cool to see him be able to see her again for that first time. But, you know, let's just talk about that now. I mean, I just personally love the callback to the, you know, I got to take a rain check on that dance when he's sacrificing himself for that, with that plane and they're having their last conversation, just so, so heartbreaking. And, you know, to see them, be able to, to be together again. It's just so great. And the fact that he was able to live his life fully with her, you know, and, and it's just so cool. After he wakes up from the ice, he's basically been struggling to find his place and purpose the whole time, other than being an Avenger, uh, spending most of his time finding Accords, you know, the Sokovia Accords, uh, saving his brainwashed friend, you know, he's uh, that kind of stuff. You know, so going back to when he actually has a chance to have a happy long life without all the hero stuff is a great decision for him, I think, personally. It doesn't negate any previous heroism on his part, thanks to the quantum realm, alternate reality stuff. Like, he still made those big moments in history, you know, but now he was able to go back and in, in, in kind of an alternate timeline and spend it with her, you know? So he's, he got to live both the best of both worlds, so it's great. 
and then coming back just to give Falcon the shield is great. You know, that's what happens in the comics. He gives it to Falcon. Some people are saying Winter Soldier, but that doesn't make sense because he was a terrorist, and it just, no. It doesn't make sense. Also, it's going to be interesting to see when the Falcon slash Winter Soldier Disney Plus show, you know, when is it going to take place, and will the shield be included? That would be really cool. Speaking of which, I'm sure they'll explore the Loki stealing the scepter during the scene where we see Robert Redford returning as the Winter Soldier villain. Um, you know, in that Loki Disney Plus show, I'm sure that will, you know, maybe some of these alternate timelines that were kind of, you know, will will, will be explored. Then maybe that's what this Disney Plus show is, is like alternate timeline stuff. Um, who knows? Or, or at least some of them, maybe, or maybe just uh, Loki's show. I do feel like some of what happened in Endgame during the alternate timelines will come back into play, um, you know, for sure, whether it's in the movies or the shows. Also, I could totally see a Captain America 4, which I really want to see. Uh, where the first two acts are about him kind of returning the stones, but having a tough time doing so. Maybe there's some people he has to fight and stuff, and it's really it's him going back in time, and we get to see that where he's putting the stones back. Um, but in the end, he'll still end up with Peggy again, and we'll have that kind of nice conclusion to his storyline, but we get to see what happened to him, you know, the, the, the final action of him by himself, you know? Kind of his final solo endeavor would be really cool to see. Um, and I'd also love to see an Iron Man 4 where, you know, the new Iron Man takes the mantle and Robert Downey Jr.'s voice becomes the AI, just like Jarvis. I think that would be great. That would be a great way to keep him, Robert Downey Jr., in the universe, but maybe helping the new Iron Man, you know, whoever that might be. Speaking of which, it was also great to see Jarvis in person, you know, with Howard Stark, you know, as the servant, the butler, uh, you know, and so it's just so cool. But that does bring me to the other major character death, which was, you know, R.I.P. Tony Stark. Like, probably my favorite character in the MCU. I mean, Captain America's up there, too, you know. Now I think Thor is becoming one of my favorites because he's the way he's changed and he's just really evolved, his character is so good. And I do feel like Iron Man and Captain America's storylines have kind of come to a good conclusion. I think it really worked for them, and especially in this movie. I think I like it how Iron Man actually sacrificed himself in a physical moment, and Captain America was able to live his own life, you know, and not die. And so it's just kind of interesting and really cool. But, you know, calling back to his, you know, original line at the end of Iron Man 1, right before he snaps his fingers with the, you know, Iron Man-style gauntlet, uh, wasn't sure, like, you know, logistically how snapping his fingers made all the bad guys disappear. And also, how is it that the Iron Man glove was able to handle the Infinity Stones? But at the same time, this is these are some of the things you kind of have to ignore when it comes to this film because it's like there's some time stuff and there's some like stuff with the stones. You're trying to like, wait, what? Like, you know, but it's kind of more about the emotional beats that really make this film work, I think, um, personally. But, you know, honestly, it was so great to see him living with Pepper and having a kid, you know, and living peacefully on a cabin. And, you know, you could still tell that this was there was something bothering him and that there was still some closure he needed with Iron Man. Uh, and he definitely got it. And, and he was able to save everyone and be the savior of this entire 22 film saga. I mean, this whole Infinity War, he was able to save by doing that. You know, I mean... Hulk did it the first time by by saving everybody, but he didn't. He was strong enough to survive it, so he was able to kind of snap, make the snap, and do because he he's about the size of Thanos, a little bit smaller, but basically was able to survive that. 
brought everybody back. All you know, the rest of the sentient sentient life. You know, you see the Hawkeye get his uh, his wife calling him, and you see some of the birds. But then all of a sudden, you see the Thanos ship firing on them, and that 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 scene was just crazy. I mean, they're they're very good at those you know scary kind of just random explosions, like the same with like Civil War. You know, all I know is it's definitely going to be sad without Iron Man, Captain America, and also another one. Uh, what about Black Widow? That scene was crazy, you know, because honestly, it could, really could have been Hawkeye. I mean, the thing was, at that point, he lo- had lost his whole family. So if they failed, he would have been lost, you know. But at the same time, you kind of got all these, like, callbacks to her for the first time kind of in a while or ever. Really some callbacks to her her past, you know, uh, Black Widow. It's like, you know. I never had family before this and all that kind of stuff. There was just, uh, there was at least three or four lines that she made that were like referencing before the Avengers, which, you know, I mean, makes me think that obviously the next black widow movie is going to be a prequel. You know, a lot of people are like, well, maybe it's going to, obviously it's going to be a prequel. I mean, it has to be unless she comes back, but I don't see her coming back unless in guardians three, they're able to figure out a way to, I don't bring back Gamora and bring back Black Widow, which would be great. It would be really cool. I'm not sure how that would work, how that would, you know, I, I kind of think those are permanent, um, but who knows. But still crazy that we lost three OG Avengers in this movie. It's just like, it's insane. You know, I just loved all these scenes with, you know, the older films that they were able to kind of see from the third person, kind of a Back to the Future 2 kind of thing. I've always loved Back to the Future 2, especially that one. You know, uh, Doctor Strange scene with... Uh, you know, the Tilda Swinton character, you know, she kind of knocks Bruce out of his, uh, <laughs> his Hulkness and it's, he's convincing her. But then all of a sudden there's this moment where she just realizes that there's a reason that Dr. Strange gave up the stone and the fact that he did, she gives it up because she's like, well, that must mean that this is part of the plan. I got to give it to him, you know? So that, that part was really cool. I really like that. Now here's some cool action scenes. I really just wanted to talk about that. I just, I personally loved the Captain America elevator scene was so amazing. The the callback to his other previous, you know, epic elevator scene with from the Winter Soldier, uh, but this time he tricks them by using the Hail Hydra line, which is, you know, ironically said in the comics recently where you find out he was actually a mole uh, for Hydra. So pretty crazy and also really, really funny, really cool. Uh, love that. Also talking about Captain America, using Thor's hammer. What? Like, that's the coolest thing ever, I think. <laughs> you know, referencing back to Age of Ultron when Steve slightly budges it, you know, he slightly gets it. Uh, I, I just personally love that. I think that's so cool uh, to see that. And and even the part where he's like, no, nah, you can have the small one. I want this one. You know, when Thor says that to him and they're, they're kind of both working together with it, I, I love it. And another Captain America one. Uh, him fighting himself and then when he's like you know and he's like uh i can do this all day he's like i know i know i, I know he <laughs> that part's just so good you know because he it's kind of that meta thing where he knows he's like ah i know i know trust me i know more than anybody <laughs> and then also obviously the scene where everybody reemerges um from the doctor strange you know orange circles the big theme music from alan Silvestri coming in I literally got goosebumps and happy tears all at once. Just, you know, such an epic moment, personally, I think, with, you know, Captain Marvel coming back out of nowhere to destroy that massive ship by the end. You're like, oh, no, what are they going to do? That's huge ship. And, you know, there's still got a lot of people on the ground, but there's this huge ship. And she comes out of nowhere after five years after saying, it's going to be a while before I come back because I have other plans to deal with. And, you know, it makes sense. 
it's literally every single MCU character that's still alive, and it's, it's great. It's great. Even Pepper in, like, an Iron Man suit. Seeing all the characters trying to protect and move the Iron Man gauntlet around was great, you know, especially with Spider-Man using his new suit and using the instant kill from uh, Homecoming. That was genius. I love that. Because, you know, that was the moment where he's like, instant kill? What? No! <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden now it's like, all right, I probably should use that thing that, <laughs> that sounded dangerous before, but probably would help me right now. And I love how the final battle actually topped the battle in Wakanda from Infinity War. You know, it almost doubled the size and scale and triple the emotion. You know, talk about the creative team knowing how to spread out the action over the past two films to give us an incredibly satisfying third act. Uh, you know, the way you hear the Falcon from, you know, from the side when Captain America, his shield's been broken, Thanos has just beaten them to a pulp. Like, he has killed, he's just, he's killed their confidence. It's dark. We still haven't, at this point, we haven't, after the snap from the Hulk, we're like, wait a second, we haven't really seen anybody come back yet. And then all of a sudden you hear, you know, Sam on your left, you know, and then, you know, you see Black Panther coming in. <laughs> it's just, it's so good. It's so good. And going back to that final heroic Iron Man moment, you know, so cool how Thanos says, you know, I am inevitable, you know, snaps his fingers, but then he realizes that the gauntlet doesn't have any stones in it. And Tony has the stones, you know, in his custom glove, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, you know, it's pretty crazy, but how, how they're able to do that. But at the same time, it's cool. It's heroic. And, you know, I love how the tables are turned and it's Tony who's able to save everyone and sacrifice himself. There's no post credit scene in this movie, which is so good. Uh, it gives the film a real finality, which, you know, we get, uh, that's kind of something you get in all the films. You don't really get a three hour film, but you always get a post credit scene. And I like that you get a three hour film without a post credit scene. It's just, you know, it, it felt perfectly paced. And I personally, because that's the thing is you end up sitting in a theater almost three hours if you wait sometimes for the post credit scene. So I like how they just ended it and didn't. I think that maybe that's a new thing they, they stopped doing as the post credit scene. They just end it on like a an Easter egg or they end it on like a, a, a hint towards something. Like instead of making a post credit scene, you just make a pre-credit scene, right? Right? So that way people don't have to sit through credits. But also I get it. It's genius if you're someone you know who made the movie because you want people to sit through the credits and read them and, you know, all that stuff. But at the same time, people are busy. People got stuff to do. I did love both scores for this movie and Infinity War and really hope Alan Silvestri continues to score a couple MCU films, you know, future film events, maybe some other Avenger films. But also I kind of hope to be scoring Marvel films as well. So <laughs> cross my fingers. Anyways, guys, those are my initial thoughts on Avengers Endgame. To me, it's just so good. One of the, I'm for sure, top three MCU movies of all time, if not one or two. Probably one. I mean, the more I, I got to see it more. That's the thing. I've only seen it once. These are my initial thoughts. I think when I see it, I, I also saw it on a small, smaller screen just because I really wanted to see it before spoilers because everything else was sold out or really expensive. I wanted to see it before there were spoilers. You know, uh, me and Brittany saw it and, you know, we were just, we were loving it. She was in tears. We were... I was cheering, we were cheering, it was so good, it was so cool. Yeah, I had some tears too. Some of them were happy, some were sad, you know. But it was it was great, it was emotional, and I loved it. And I, I want to see it again. I'm, I'm actually probably going to go see it by myself soon, just in IMAX or something, and just get really immersed and watch it again. Because it was one of those movies that I want to see it at least a couple times in theaters, if not three times. And, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about it with Brooke soon, and he still needs to see it once. <laughs> so... 
We also have Spider-Man Far From Home coming out in, what, like a month or something? That's really cool. I'm excited to see that. Uh, you know, so definitely going to have another, you know, one more longer kind of more in-depth review with Brooks, uh, more of a discussion about the movie, maybe some predictions, maybe some other thoughts. Um, but these were my initial thoughts. I wanted to get them out there. And uh, you guys are great. Uh, contact me on social media at MusicMan, M-U-Z-I-K-M-4-N. I'm Adam, your friendly neighborhood music man. Have a good one. <laughs>